Hey everybody, welcome to Identical Cousins, episode number 23. Title of this one is Still Number One. And this episode is brought to you by Rem Object Software Oxygen and by HostGator. And now I'd like to introduce my cousin Michael, who will then make some music happen. <laughs> hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, I guess I might as well play the music. Play it. Hey, Brent. Uh, hey, Michael. God, I love that music. Oh, that's, that's, it'll never get old. Never, <laughs> never. It'll be uh, concrete in, it'll be, you know, in embossed in and concreted. And concrete isn't a word, <laughs> but I don't care. I'm making it up. Mm. Concreted into the annals of history. The annals. Yeah. That yeah very, you have to be very careful with wrong. that word. You yeah. have to be very careful <laughs> with that word. Very careful. Uh, yeah. We're going to end up having to make this one explicit if we're not. Yeah, no, let's keep this good. one clean. Let's try to keep it clean. All right. Let's All see right. what we can do. We'll try. We'll yes. try. Yes, we will try. Give it a shot. So I, I just, I'm, I'm bursting with excitement. Um, so the title of the episode, thank you for the honor. Uh, yeah, we're still number one on the App Store. So Apple did some things, but who cares? Uh, yeah, who cares? Which, really? The thing is, Fantastical's been number one on, Fantastical 2, right? Has been number one on the App Store for what, three days now? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, Fantastical 2. Yeah, we came out on Wednesday morning early. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is an interesting thing. I was asked to give a few little tidbits and, ticks and trip, ticks, bleh, tips and tricks about the launch and things, how it's going. One of the things I just want to throw out is the App Store charts have clearly been changed by Apple, and I would say for the better, mm -hmm. but a little frustrating for real developers. So let me give mm -hmm. a quick example. Okay. So you know the charts would change a lot, like you'd see things go up and down and up and down. Mm-hmm. I think they have a timeout period when something moves up or down quick. Mm. So when you have big volume apps, they don't just move up or down because you've changed within a couple. I, I think they're doing some kind of hold weighted average mm -hmm. because we launched early morning Wednesday and you know, we, we announced it on Twitter and Facebook, our usual stuff. We eventually sent out an email blast later. Um, I'll tell you also about a faux pas that we did because it was a really bad decision. And we had, we, we had known it would be, we knew it could be controversial. And the truth is we didn't get that much, but I'll talk about it later. It has to do with an in-app ad. I'll tell you about that later. Mm -hmm. But long story short, we, we didn't rank. We, we were just nowhere. And we saw, um, we just saw the, the response and the support. And we're like, wow, this is going to be big. But we didn't know what. Mm -hmm. Still not ranking, not ranking. Like five or six hours went by, Brent, without any ranking. Wow. And then boom, number one. Hmm. So what I think the App Store does is if an app is going crazy, to ensure that it's not one of those, because you know they have these scam services where like you can pay them to get your app ranked higher. Oh, sure, yeah. What I assume these services do is they crowdsource people to buy apps and then that shoots it up. I mean, I don't know any of these businesses or how they work and I would never do it, but I know they're out there. Mm -hmm. And what I think Apple has done is somehow figured out Let's pause the charts because if we see something suspect or we're getting complaints or there's something weird, we can stop it, I think. Mm -hmm. okay. But anyway, very strange to not see us rank for so long, but obviously an amazing moment when we launched <laughs> at number one. So is that uh, number one in, in revenue or units or both? So it was one in units. Mm -hmm. uh, in grossing, we peaked at number 10. So we were in the top mm -hmm. 10 of grossing. Nice. But yeah. It, it, it underscores what everyone knows. In-app purchase makes the most amount of money. Mm, okay. So another another tip to share in this game, because I've obviously been analyzing the numbers. Mm -hmm. 
If you charge for an app, you can make good money. We're making good money. That's all I'll say about our numbers. But you don't make what people think is, oh my God, you've won the app store money. Right. But to be honest, having a paid app for $2.99 launch sale, which will eventually go up to five, but still $3 is no slouch, right? That's not a cheap app in today's day and age. Absolutely right. Yeah. I think that's how much my app costs. Right. So to, I thought you were $4.99. I think we're $3.99 at the moment anyway. You were $4.99. I think we we dropped it with a dollar with our uh, iOS 7 uh, thing. Yeah. Oh, because I thought we talked about that and you weren't going to do sales or you thought one price was better. So what, what led no, you to we, that decision? We just changed the price. It's, it's okay. not a sale or anything. Okay, okay. Just... so you were just like, this this price might work better, so we'll lower it and try yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, how's that working out? Uh, well. Okay, I, good, good. You know, good, good. I, I say that provisionally only because I pretty much almost never look at the numbers. Right. Well, the thing is, though, for our listeners, it might be interesting to know, because obviously a lot of developers will play around with the price. Sure. Um, So it's a good, I think it's a good data point. So it it definitely is something that you haven't changed it back up, right? Right, we changed the price exactly once, yeah. Right, right. So it's working better at a lower price. I think so, yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, it's just a data point. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, but what's interesting, so anyway, so $2.99, so being top paid, being top units... um, in a in a kind of weird way, that of course I would want number one top grossing, right? So everyone would be like, "Yeah, wow, BS." Money. But yeah. right, but to be number one in units, knowing that we're outselling every other paid app, especially apps that are ninety nine cents or one ninety nine, I have to say that kind of feels more successful than more money. Sure, sure it does. Yeah, because I feel like the top grossing apps that make all of that, you know sickening money are all scams right like basically candy crush and clash of clans and all of the you know the typical suspects i mean pandora is not a scam i'll give them props in fact they're number four grossing mad props to pandora Mm -hmm. for making that much money on a radio service yeah i thought at one point they were they were doomed and look at them they seem to be doing very i'll tell you why iTunes radio makes people go, oh, this is cool. Then they go, oh, what's this other thing? Oh, this is better. Mm-hmm. We we had a lot of people always say to us, like when Apple's calendar came out and then they added natural language, oh, aren't you scared? And you know what I learned? And I learned this, you know, I've been in this like with you a long time, 15 plus years, dude. When Apple releases something, it doesn't compete with you. It educates the masses. That's right. Dave Nanian's a great friend and he has super duper. And when Time Machine came out, he was like, this is great. Guess what? His sales have done better. Well, yeah. One password's another example. Sorry, it was, one password's another example, right? They released the iCloud keychain password stuff. Their sales are great because now Apple's educating everyone. You know, Apple. You know, Apple does it. They do the the they do the simple version. It, it, the example in my career was when RSS came into Safari. Net Newswire sales doubled. There you go. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And when iOS seven came out, so this was an interesting phenomenon. When iOS seven came out, the new calendar is pretty bad. I'm sure you know this. Yeah, I haven't really used it. It's really bad. <laughs> okay. Now you, now you know this. It's really All right. bad. But, but, but when it came out, our sales went nuts. And we were like, well, is it because of iOS 7 coming out? Just more people? And what we noticed with our emails and Twitter and Facebook, no, people hated the built-in calendar so much that they were like, well, what's the alternatives? And then because we were popular and, you know, well-known, people found us. Mm-hmm. Cool. So when Apple does something, you know, I know the whole back-in-the-day Sherlock Watson thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, uh, this is totally not a, not a jab at the developer of Watson, but, and, and those were different days. So actually, let me, let me, I, I want to give lots of disclaimers here because I don't want this taken out of context or the wrong way, but 
you can make an app that even if Apple copies it or kills it, still do a good job mm-hmm. if you continue to innovate and do more features. And again, I'm not saying that's not, I, I know Dan would, well, I'm not saying that's what he did and I'm not saying, I'm just saying it, it's, it's not doom and gloom when Apple Sherlock's you. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be. It could be. It could but be. then you as a developer have a job to take it up to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, embrace what Apple has hopefully failed on. What really killed Watson was selling it to Sun. Oh my God, dude. I totally forgot about that. Yep. <laughs> O-M-G. Isn't that the weirdest thing to remember? And then I dude. think they were rewriting it in Java. Yes. Right? How yeah. did you remember that? Oh my I God. Know. That's right. Okay, wait. Well, I take some of it. I take some of the disclaimer back. But like my point still is, is you can definitely compete with Apple because you're not competing with Apple. So mm-hmm. this was another thing I get asked a lot. So Apple doesn't just do everything. They do what's appropriate. When Apple, let's say, for example, acquires a company or wants to move after a technology like Touch ID, this is a perfect example. They don't just go nuts and put every feature, every bell and whistle. When has Apple ever been a bells and whistles company? Only during their darkest days. Yeah, for sure. Quadra 610, Centrus 814, whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. But, so my point is now they, don't, they just don't do this. That's not their, their DNA. So developers can say, oh, where are the holes? What are the things they're missing? What are the things that could be invented on? What are the things that maybe in a board meeting an executive didn't think would be marketable that we can make, et cetera, et cetera. So you definitely get a leg up. But yeah, being on the top paid, being number one paid, um, and yes, I just refreshed and we're still number one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's kind of fun now at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I like that more than top grossing because this is another kind of interesting thing, Brent. We're the number one paid app in grossing. Mm-hmm. So right sure, now we've moved right. down. When we when we launched, we peaked at ten. Now we're at twenty two, which is mm-hmm. still obviously impressive, and I'm 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 blown away. Yeah, but we're still the first app that's not freemium. So mm-hmm. we are the number one paid grossing app if you take it that way. And like I said, that to me is more honorable than a Candy Crush or a keep pressing a button to to continue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then in app purchases, it's interesting. Someone the other day, I can't remember who told me this. It was some friend, but he was saying that in app purchases. Are are the are the quarter are the quarter games? I think it was um, Jordan from Mac Rumors. I was chatting with him about something. We were talking about in-app purchases. I believe it was him. Um, he he was basically saying that in-app purchases are the arcades. Remember when you used to stand there and line up your quarters and you get ready to play and then you know, have to keep playing to to continue, right? Oh, totally. Game ends. Yeah. You keep mm-hmm. going. That's what in-app purchases. It's the same mechanic as a quarter. Mm-hmm. And I sort of get that, but to make a calendar app that's three bucks. And be able to sell it and be at the top of the store, that's a lot cooler than just some game that you have someone addicted to, I think. Absolutely. It's yeah. it's it's why we why we're in this business. Exactly. And and I'm I'm so proud of you. I think it's wonderful. Thanks, dude. That means a yeah. lot. I appreciate that. And one, one one other thing is, you know, the whole pricing thing on the app store, we had a lot of people telling us to do an app purchase. And I'm not kidding. We mm-hmm. at least thought about it. How do you do it, right? Sure. Yeah. Maybe there is a way. Dude, it's impossible. What are you going to do? Say, oh, you can create one event a day and you have to buy the super mega ultra event pack for $4.99 if you want to make more than one or, you know, buy the 99 cent pack and you can make three or, you know, you can't have the parsing unless you pay. I mean, you just can't do that. It doesn't make any sense for your app. Yeah. Well, and the worst part is everyone's saying, so we're getting complaints, of course, that we're charging for a new app because Fantastic L2 is new. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. But the thing is, 
if we would have done like an in-app purchase, because some people were like, oh, well, can't you do it? And then they'd say we're nickel and diming them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just trying to charge us for this feature or that feature. That The other flip side, and we thought about this, was what if we came out with Fantastical 2 and made it $20 mm. and said upgrades are guaranteed until 2015 or something like this. Right. Because people are saying, oh, every year I got to give you three bucks or I got to give you this. And eventually it costs $40, right? Mm-hmm. So what if you say, okay, there's no complaint. Here it is up front. You're going to buy it and give you five years of upgrades. But that won't work either. No. The end of the day, here's what you need to do with the app store. I think I finally, I obviously haven't figured it out, but I figured out most of it. Make something really good. Price it at a decent price. Sales are important because I don't care what it is and I don't like sales and I think they're a gimmick, but... The vast majority of the public will not buy if they don't see a sale because they'll wait for a sale. Mm -hmm. So you need to, obviously, during your launch is when you get the most amount of attention, right? Right. So you need a sale up front. You may not like it, but if you want to have good revenue on your bang for your buck launch, have a sale. That's not to say put a sale and go crazy 99 cents. I believe lower priced apps, even though other developers may be being successful with this, I just don't like the idea. Mm Mm-hmm. I think you value your time, you know, you put a value on your time as a developer. And if you think your time is only 99 cents, well, that's what your customers are going to perceive. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 the sale helped us because we're $2.99 on sale. And actually, we did something interesting. So, this was another thing we did, which I think definitely helped us in the vast majority, but then got other people pissed at us. We kept Fantastical 1 on the store until we launched. We put a disclaimer in our notes saying fantastic l2 a new app is coming if you have os7 don't buy if you have ios 6 this is going to be your last chance to get fantastic l1 and we put it on sale for 199 okay that way if you bought it by mistake or you still bought it anyway what's 199 and 299 basically five dollars right right normal price is five everyone wins Hmm. nope we got a lot of oh how could you do this and i just bought it three weeks ago and and you know, some people were like, oh, I never saw this text or this or that. However, do you know how many reviews we got? Negative reviews and hatred emails before the launch. You're coming out with a new app. Screw you. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. So I know people saw the text because mm-hmm. we we heard it. Believe me, we heard it, Brent. Yeah, yeah. We got right. clobbered. Our, our ranking went from four and a half stars, dude. We had like a perfect rating, basically, in the app store mm-hmm. to like two and a half. In Just not because even, of that text. Just by saying, by wow. being admirable and, and respectful and having integrity and saying, the update's coming, don't buy, people were like, oh, so, you know, the, a flip side would have been say nothing, keep selling it as usual, and then, you know, too bad, right? And then people can complain once it comes out. But I'm running my company with integrity and respect. I'm doing what I would want other companies to do to me. You know? Yeah, totally. Of course. We got bit you know, by you it. You got to do we the right stung. thing. Yeah. yeah, we got stung and bit by it. And to be honest, after we did it, we were like, why did we do this? It sort of feels like we, we should have just shut up. Yeah. But yeah. I will say we did get emails and tweets saying Flexibits is my favorite company. Mm-hmm. They have integrity. There were people who were mad when we didn't have text because we had announced that it was coming a little bit before the text. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I can't believe you're not doing this. And once the text went up, they're like, oh, we're really sorry. You know, you guys are good guys. I mean... Mm-hmm. I get it. There's a balance. You want to be respectful. But on the other hand, then you have the the vocal trolls out there yeah, who think that they deserve an app for life because they spent $2 or $5 on the original one. Yep. Well, so that's the part of the price of doing business. Exactly. And, you know, I kind of hate to say it, but um, 
you have to stand firm with what you do as a developer for where you want your business to go. Yeah, there's a market you're involved in, but Mm -hmm. you can either, you know, give in or you can set the course. And I want to set the course. And I think, I think so far it's working because we've gotten complaints. So this is the other part. We've gotten complaints now that we've launched. You're terrible. You're this, you're that. They're much lower than I thought. And when I explain to them, because I've said obviously a snippet that I use for email because I have to say it a lot. Um, what our position is, I would say 90% Brent are like, okay, that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, we thought this was just a money grabber. We thought you guys were jerks or we thought that this was some black hole, whatever. But people seem to be like, okay, you've sold me. I'll go buy a copy. Thanks. And they actually then write back saying like, oh, I've left a five-star review. Your app is, is wonderful. Cool. So yeah, all's well that ends well there. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's going really well. We're really honored. It turned out better than we could have expected. And at the end of the day, our short, short mission is to make an app that people want to use and love. And um, it seems like it's doing really well. Right now, we have four and a half stars on the store at launch. So I'm pretty happy about that. Very nice. Very, L- very nice. Lots of happiness. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, so speaking of making, uh, making things people love, you know about uh, REM objects and oxygen? Absolutely. And I have to tell you, we should tell our listeners more about it. Well, there's a deal. So if you write applications for different platforms, including Mac, iOS, Android, Windows, or even Windows Phone, then you really should take a look at Oxygen Language from REM Object Software. Now, we know what, what you're thinking, but let us assure you that Oxygen is not yet another attempt at a write once, run badly everywhere solution to app development. Oxygen lets you create fully native apps on each platform and gives you full unrestricted access to the APIs on each platform, whether it's Cocoa APIs on Mac and iOS, .NET Framework on Windows, or the Java and Android libraries. Whatever those may be, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say back to Java, back to Sun. Yeah. With Oxygen, (laughs) you still write apps specifically for each platform, but you can do so using the same modern language and IDE, removing the need for you or your developers to learn different languages and switch between different environments. Oxygen is based on Object Pascal, revamped and revitalized for the 21st century. It is a fully object-oriented language that is easy to learn and produces easy-to-maintain code. And it has many sophisticated language enhancements, from features that make it easier to write asynchronous and paralyzed code, to things like class contracts that make your code more robust and easier to test. Did you ever find out what class contracts are? No, but I really should learn. Oxygen, they sound great. Yeah, yeah. I, well, they make your code more robust and easier to test, which is absolutely uh, and sophisticated. Very important. Yeah, sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. Oxygen comes with Visual Studio IDE, where the tool chains for all platforms come together. For example, you can build, deploy, and debug against your iOS and Android device right from the IDE. You can find out more by visiting remobjects.com/oxygen. That's like oxygen with an e at the end, and downloading a full free trial and you can get 20% off. Use the discount code ID13. That's capital I, capital D, 13. 20% off. That's a nice discount. That's a nice and as we've said in the past, Rem Objects is a huge supporter of the developer community, developer community, and they're really great guys and support them back. Yeah, absolutely. They've, they've been sponsoring podcasts, for instance, for so long that you know they may be the number one podcast sponsor. Yeah, I I could see that. I Mm -hmm. could see that. We're going to make them the number one podcast sponsor. Well, sure, of course. Yes, in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Always. So, yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, Thanks for supporting us. We appreciate it. And uh, as Brent said, remobjects.com slash oxygen, ID13, 20% off. Cool. 
So back to the action. Um, uh, so I'll get, let me get to another story of Fantastic Health. I'll tell you the faux pas story. Mm. Um, so we, we talked about how do you promote your apps? Because you might get featured by Apple. You might not. And by the way, we did get featured by Apple, which we launched on a Wednesday. We were going to launch on a Tuesday and we had some approvals. Anyway, long story short, we launched on a Wednesday mm-hmm. and we got featured by Apple. Um, you know, I guess you could say, oh, it's not a top spot because, you know, in the app store, you have top spots or whatever. Right. But it's a pretty top spot. We're in the best new apps and we're in the, um, what is it called? The iOS 7, apps for iOS 7, like, you know, uh, apps for iOS 7. And we're in the only on the app store exclusive to iOS app. So pretty, pretty nice featuring, but not, not top, top billing. So, you know, you always want the best, mm-hmm. but we'll take yeah. it. But you can never, ever, ever rely on featuring. No. Um, in fact, let's talk about a great app, TweetBot. They launched last week, hit number one, awesome app. Um, they didn't get featured this week, which I'm shocked by. Hmm. But that's that, that that literally underscores just how unpredictable featuring is, and you should not rely on it. So, as an indie developer with two guys, Kent and myself, what do we do to get our word out there? Well, existing customers, right? You promote to existing customers. Mm-hmm. And I've seen apps that will put up you know, at launch very quickly, a, oh, by the way, this is out. And then you can dismiss it. It's a one-time thing. So we were sort of borderline. I, I will admit it. We were sort of borderline about doing it on the map. We, on the iPhone, we're like, we're doing it because every app now has ads. And I know it's spammy to an extent. And, you know, there is this fine line, right? Like I said, you want to be a company how you want to be treated. But if you're running Fantastic Hell 1, what we did was we targeted only Fantastic Hell 1 users running iOS 7. Okay. So that way, it's appropriate and vital, right? If you're running mm-hmm. Fantastical 1, you might want Fantastical 2. We're not going to show it to you if you're running iOS 6, because then that's just rude, right? Yeah. That's spammy. Um, and on the Mac, we we targeted, if I remember correctly, we just did Mavericks. Because again, if you're running Mavericks, you're probably an upgrade kind of guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. The latest version kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, we went live. So we did our email blast. We do a normal, we have a Flexibits mailing list. We did our email blast. That was great. But then we did our in-app little ad thing. And just so you know, it's a really elegant ad. It's really short and sweet. You hit close, you never see it again. Well, some of the usual suspects of privacy came forward, if you will. Uh-oh. Went nuts. Who are the now, usual I, suspects? Well, I don't know. People who always say, oh, you, what, what, does this mean that you're looking at my data on my computer? Oh, I've now sniffed your app and you're, you're phoning home. Oh, this mm-hmm. and that. I mean, mm-hmm. the reason why I call it usual suspects is this. It's immediately an accusation and immediately a, you, this is big brother and you're watching me. Dude, it was an ad. I understand those dots and don't get me wrong. That's why I'll explain why we, we're, we're saying we're sorry. We made a mistake. So let me go down the road. But to, to just go right to the, to, to the worst case scenario and expect the worst because an ad popped up, that's not really fair either. No. So... They went nuts, though. I mean, I, I, I don't have the tweets. You could probably scan our Twitter account, which is going nuts. But basically telling us we're terrible. They're going to report it to Apple. They're going to go to the news media. Nah. They're going to point out how a number one app is spying on their computer. What if I had been giving a million dollar presentation and this ad popped up? That was actually the one that got us to, uh, to decide not to do it. So mm-hmm. w- what we did was we had a news feed URL. And... I think I don't remember exactly the technical way Kent did it, but basically we could we could remotely turn it off or turn it on. But all it did was just show a show a show a web image. Mm-hmm. We didn't have access to their data. We didn't have access to anything. It just basically put up a web view. Right. So 
We ended up saying that the one about, oh, if the app was open and you were giving a presentation and it interrupted you or made you look bad or showed an ad, that, 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 that's where we were sort of like, yeah, that would suck. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, we never really thought about that scenario. Mm-hmm. So we instantly turned it off on the Mac. We left it on the iPhone. And by the way, what's crazy is not one Brent iPhone person complained. Of Every course. complaint was, was the Mac, which sort of makes sense. You're doing work on a Mac if you're kind of a security freak you're probably on a mac right i mean you're on a desktop right mm-hmm, sure although if you're a security freak why are you using fantastic our app sucks for you <laughs> right i well, why does fantastic suck for us i don't know I, I, well obviously because they don't like us trying to sell our other apps and stay in business uh, yeah right um, so, so ios so, is a different it's a different country right no one complains it's a there. different planet dude mm-hmm. and i'll tell you this well, I, I'm sorry. No, no one complains no, about okay. stuff no. like this. They complain about plenty of other things. But, no, no, totally. But yeah. here's my point. If you really saw an ad quickly on Fantastical talking about Fantastical 2. I just go, eh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing is, even if it bugged me, it would bug me by the time I hit close, it would be gone. Yeah. But we said, okay, on the desktop, people are going nuts. They think we're phoning home. And, and just so you know, our reply to all these people were, we discussed this. We're really sorry for what we did. We thought we'd spread the word about Fantastical. We will never do this again. Right. And everyone replied in favor, in kind. One person said, thank you so much. I definitely have earned new respect for you, Oliver. I can never support your company again because you've lost my trust. Aw. So it's here's the not thing. like you actually took their data. You just displayed that's, that's, an, that's an what ad. That's what I don't get. But here's yeah. the thing. If this person's that rigid, I, and I understand this, I'm sorry. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I can't beg him to come back. We lost his trust. I know how trust works. You have to gain it. You have to earn it. Does that person have any accounts with Twitter, Facebook, Google, anything else? Uh, I could, I, I mean, I, you know, I sent the email apologizing again and saying mm-hmm. we're sorry and I left, I called it a day. Apple, Apple's OS is constantly phoning home. I mean. Yeah, so we get another question running? we got. I mean, the question we got after that is, so what access does Fantastical have access to? And obviously in 140 characters, you can't say, well, you know, I mean, dude, when you give Fantastical access to your calendars, contacts, reminders, Facebook and Twitter, because it has to get those accounts, mm-hmm. um, you, you Technically, you are sending personal data. You're allowing the personal data that you allowed to get sent. Sure. Nothing's ever getting sent to Flexibits. We never, ever, ever, ever see anything in terms of identifiable personal data. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with Hockey App, we get crash logs. Yeah. You know, we get launch stuff, but it's all anonymized, right? There's mm-hmm. no personal... Personal data means personal identifiable. Right. Never do we get a stitch. But if you want to get technical, yeah, we are in essence getting personal data when... Um, I don't know. So actually in Fantastical 2, let me tell you a cool feature. We have a birthday feature. So when it's someone's birthday and you tap their birthday in the list of the event list, mm-hmm. you then can like send them a birthday greeting via Twitter or, you know, an email or a message. Like you basically, it'll, it'll quickly launch their info, send a message and you can quickly send them a message and you can even give them the gift of Fantastical. Ah, that is really cool. Yeah, it's a cute little thing. And to yeah. be honest, I mean, we, we, it just made sense. We're like, what can we do for birthday stuff? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Why wouldn't you want to gift your friend Fantastical? It's actually a good app, right? Right. And the the view, we did little cute confetti. I mean, you should check it out. The animations are really good. But, um, And we did parallax stuff. But anyway, the point is, is like we, um, we, we, we do have access to your personal data in that level. But is it ever transmitted to our servers? No. But guess what? It might be transmitted to Facebook, Twitter, or, or, or Apple servers. Sure. So it's really hard to just answer the question, what information does Fantastical get with a short answer? Mm-hmm. But in short, we Flexibits never, ever, ever get any personalized, individualized information. Right. Why would you care? What would you use it for anyway? What the hell? Yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah. I, I, knowing what people are doing? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So it, it's just one of those things. It's just kind of a, you know, it, it, it we're, we, we had debated it. We, we thought it through. We thought it could sort of backfire. But anyway, here's my point, And this is the most important point. Our intentions were simply to market our app with what we had. And we thought our loyal users would want to know about our new app. Sure. End of story. Yeah. And, you know, uh, people, some people, and the, part, the worst part is it was probably only like 10 to 15 people, Brent. Mm-hmm. And you could argue, well, you jumped for 10 or 15 people, WTH, right? But I think once we were like, oh, this really did upset people. And, oh, this meeting thing where it interrupts a meeting. Yeah, let's pull it on Mac. You know what? It's, it's not worth it. And the Mac, you know, as you know, on Mac sales, it's not a ton of people. And, you know, maybe they don't own iPhones and they are being productive on a desktop. And, you know, maybe it wasn't sure, the best yeah. choice. So let's pull it and let's revisit it. But we, we wouldn't do it again on the Mac. Makes sense. Yeah. The Mac. But on iPhone, different. it makes total sense, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, you know what else makes sense? What's that? Hostgator. Oh, Hostgator makes a lot of sense. Why don't you tell us about it? I definitely want to. So, Hostgator is actually the best place to get a website and offers premium web hosting at low costs. Now, you can get a .NET domain, for example, and .NET's the best way to get a killer domain name that won't be like 240 characters. And, yeah. you know, what's really cool is, guess what? Identicalcousins.net, right? Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. I love .NET. Yep. Hostgator has- a domain has, name. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Uh, as a framework sometimes, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't used it. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's, it, it can be helpful, actually. Okay. It's not as bad as you think. All right. Um, HostGator offers 24-7, 365 phone chat and email support, which is very impressive because I know there's some services that'll have phone support, but they won't necessarily have 24-7, uh, 365 chat support. And sometimes you do just want to text chat with someone. You don't want to get on a call. You don't want to send out an email and go back and forth and play ping pong. So I like that they have phone chat and email support. They offer hosting for any size. They have shared VPS and dedicating, dedicated servers. Hmm. They'll even move the site for you if you want to transfer it to them. And if you even need a website for your next killer startup idea or cat blog, they've got you covered. Hostgator.com even has premium web services and web hosting at low prices. And of course, while you're there, you can grab a .NET. They're pretty cool. Yes. Getting a short, memorable domain name can be a challenge, .NET has lots of great options available. And again, they offer 24 by 7 by 365 phone chat and email support. And anytime, if you need help, day or night, give them a call, give them a chat, give them an email. That's a lot of support. That's really cool. Yeah, I really, I really like that. Yeah. And here's what's even better. If your site explodes, gets internet famous, or something goes wrong, mm-hmm. they've even still got you covered with VPS and dedicated servers. Hmm. And if you have a website somewhere else and you're not happy, they will, again, move it for you and do all of the work. So head on over to HostGator.com, buy some hosting, get a .NET or two or three or four or more, and use the coupon code COUSINS, that's capital C-O-U-S-I-N-S, and you'll get 25% off and, of course, support our show. 25% off. That is really nice. Yeah, very so nice. HostGator so, has nothing to do with NewsGator, which is a company I worked for years ago. Just no, but case, we like the name. We like the name uh, play. Yeah, yeah. I just just in case anyone's confused about the Gators, completely different Gators. Good clarification. Yes, mm-hmm. HostGator.com coupon code Cousins capitalized C O U S I N S. Get twenty five percent off and support Brent and me. Get yourself a .NET domain name. They're cool. Yes. So um, I think I'm fantastic called out. Yeah. So just a lot of, lot of cool stuff. The, the lessons of uh, the Mac thing were, you know, 
we're good. I mean, you know, we did the right thing, I think, and we feel like we did the right thing. And, you know, now we, now we go back and, you know, keep making Fantastic Hell 2 better. We already have an update we're getting ready to push out with a lot of stuff that have been pending since we submitted. And more of the same. You know, I think another tip just to give our listeners about the launch was, you know, we did all of this marketing stuff. We did all the messaging. We did the sale. We, we made a good app. And, you know, based on the reviews and what we're seeing, I think those are the ingredients for success. Nice. We talked about this in the past, right? Like with oh, my sure. talks at conferences, you just, just do the best job you can do, focus, follow the rules. And you know what? If it doesn't work, maybe it wasn't you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you have all the ingredients and that's sort of the key. Right. Some people might think they have the ingredients and they don't, but if you really have all the ingredients, nothing's guaranteed. You just have to do the best job you can and then try and try again. Yeah, sure. So that's about it. But, uh. Let's see, any other lessons from Fantastic Hell 2's launch? I don't know. Um, get a lot of sleep. I mean, I, they were, Kent and I were pulling, like, literally, it, it was, it's ridiculous. Our support's going nuts. Um, shout out to John, who's helping us do support. We have a contractor we're working with who's doing support. I, I think he listens to the show, if I remember. Shout out to him. He's, What's uh, his last name? Aransky, O-R-A-N-S-K-Y, like um, Deep Ski. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. He's been he's been helping us out. It's um, Orange Sky, Orange Sky, exactly. <laughs> and he's um he's great. He's actually a user of the app. He had followed me on Twitter, you know, my personal account, and then he was pinging us. And there was some point, actually, yeah, he does listen to the show. This is awesome. Okay, this is a great story. John will love this. He heard me say something about support, and Mister Clever, who is clever, hmm. pinged me, and he was like, "Oh, do you want help?" And I was like, "You want to do some contract work?" And he's been helping us. Nice. Yeah, so, that, you know, Uncle Cousins got me a support guy, you know, a support contractor. Very anyway. cool, very cool. So anyway, yeah, he's been helping at us, but support's been a nightmare. Um, you know, no major lessons. Remember with Fantastic Hell 1, I told you we had a bunch of things where we did a couple things weird or people didn't get it, and then we were like, oh, man, like the settings that we put the weird text and people didn't understand what the hide empty days was and the show day ticker. Remember in, the, mm-hmm. in Fantastic Hell? Yeah, I remember, yeah. We didn't have any, we didn't have any faux pas, luckily, but mm. the one change, you've used Fantastic Hell 1, of course, you know, in the day ticker, the lens is in the middle to show the current day. Yeah, sure. So we moved it to the left. Right. It's now, it's now a position one, so you can see four days ahead. Right, because you don't really care about the past. That's right. Yeah, two days dumb. behind and two days ahead. But yeah. visually, symmetrical wise, um, design wise, f- you know, form over function, mm-hmm. it makes sense in the middle. Mm-hmm. And it looks better in the middle. And we've actually had the people, oh, can I have that back? Can I have a setting? Did it no. functionally wise? No, no. And I'm telling you, once you get used to it, why would you not want to see four days ahead? Of course. So, um, yeah. So that's basically it. I mean, things are things are rocking right now. I got no complaints and, um, you know, happy to share those stories with our listeners. Hopefully something, some tidbit on a launch and all the things we did will help and inspire someone else. Hey, and if any of our listeners haven't gone out and got a copy of Fantascal, they probably ought to because, you know, it's really good. And if you're a developer, it's the kind of app you can learn from. And really, it's only a few dollars. Yeah, thanks, Brent. And it's funny you said that. Someone actually sent, said, thanks for, the U, thanks for the UI tutorial for $2.99. Absolutely. I buy, that, I buy that, a lot warmed, of apps for that very, very reason. Yeah. You know, that really warmed my heart because I was mm-hmm. like... Thanks. Like that's how, how much better does it forget the app? Thanks for thanks for good UI. Yeah, right. 
you know? So yeah, thanks. Thanks for the plug. Um, yeah. And I, I mean it. I mean, if you're looking for a good calendar app and the big feature we added, of course, was reminder. So we're a full functioning to do app now. Full functioning. Do, cool. Full functioning integrated with your events. You can do to do's. You can set geofences, dates and times. It syncs with iCloud. It's all instantly configured because it works with iOS and it's iOS seven only. Mm-hmm. So go to flexabits.com. Use the keyword cousins, uh, <laughs> coupon code cousins. And get nothing off. No, get uh, get a sale, get a get a sale price of two ninety nine. Cool, but yeah, on sale for a limited time. So right. thanks, and thanks for all the kudos, man. I mean, I it's yeah. it's it's like a dream. I, I it's it's amazing. Yeah, so awesome. Good job. Thank you. So what's up with your with what's up with you? Still uh, still doing the usual. Obviously, Vesper's looking good. Yeah, working on sinking. Yep, we are sinking. We are sinking. You know, it's it's um. You've got to work that in. When you do the launch of the syncing, somehow the release notes, something, if in-app Easter egg, you've got to work that in, dude. We are syncing. <laughs> well, we'll see. Very apt, I would say. Look, luckily, I have people to handle all those things, but that means it makes it harder for me to add Easter eggs. That's true. Did you add the uh, the Easter egg? I like the parallax scroll when you look at that, the um, the uh, the menu or whatever. Uh-huh, right. Was that was that you? Was that your idea? Um, uh, Dave and John both wanted parallax there, so all right. So cool. I added. Yeah, it. it's, yeah, it's really nice. I, it's a nice touch. I mean, that's that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. And someone might be like, someone might not care. In fact, I'll say most people, you know, in that typical won't care. Oh, it's there, whatever. Right. No, that's how you do it. That's right. The best apps are citizen apps. I always say. Yep. Be a good citizen. Um. So what else? Do you want to talk about the Apple news a little bit? Sure. All right. So lots of new Apple stuff. Actually, today, November 1st, is iPad Air Day. Oh, my God. Recording on November 1st. Of course, this will go live Tuesday, November 5th. <sighs> Let's see. What do we got? Looking around, looking around. Oh, they got a break. They got a teardown. I'm looking at MacRumors.com, of course, for my news. They got a teardown of the Air, iPad Air A7 chip, LG display, and Qualcomm LTE modem. So you're getting an Air or you're getting the Mini? I'm getting the Mini Retina. Yeah, me too. I'm waiting for that. And yeah. you know, I, I what's interesting, I was actually reading um, Daring Fireball about, you know, you could hold it in your hand and it's so different. And here's the thing. When people, when the name iPad Air come out, came out or when it was announced, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a bunch of people say to me, oh, what do you think about the name? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I'm like, no, dude, it's not dumb at all. It's saying this is not an iPad. Mm-hmm. This is different. And I haven't seen or felt one yet, but what... John had said on Daring Fireball and actually a couple other people who were there at the event, they said it literally is like, it's different. Until you put it in your hands, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe And it. Apple needs to make a different name to say it's different, right? Yep. And then once it catches on, oh my God, that's the air, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was very clever of them to call it the air. Why? The MacBook Air, totally different. Thin laptop. And you know, once you see an air, you've seen it. It's like, oh my God, how did they do that? Yeah. Well, it may not yeah. fit your bill for usage, but you, you're like, oh my God, in terms of like the form, right? Yeah, I use a, my laptop as a 13-inch MacBook Air and... I love that laptop way more than any laptop I've ever had. I mean, it is a miracle. When Jonathan Deutsch was on, we talked. It is. The the MacBook Air is one of those things where, you know, look, we're we're developers, we're in technology. It it never gets old. You just keep looking at the thickness. You're just like, what? Yeah. Every time I pick it up, everything. Thank you. Just totally. So amazing. Today, I actually, I was encoding a video and it was like a five minute video. Okay. And the file was like, I want to say the file was like 80 megabytes. And, you know, Handbrake is obviously all optimized and everything. Handbrake's a great app, by the way. Hmm. And drop the file on. 
it literally compressed it to an MP4. It went from, like I said, like 80 or 90 megabytes to like 15 or 20. The whole four to five minute video, Brent, with the Haswell, because I have the new MacBook Air with the Haswell, and I have the, I have the 1.7 i7. Okay. But because of the PCIe, you know, the new um, the flash drives are just so fast now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did the whole thing, I'm not joking, in like four to five seconds. Amazing. It was basically a minute, video, minute, minute per second. Wow. Yeah, like that was one of those things where I was just like, you know, you always hear about performance and you hear about this and you hear about that. And obviously build time, everyone tries the Holy Grail is just hit build and it's done, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry, five minutes of video compressed in like five seconds, that that to me was like, whoa. That sounds good to me, yep. Yeah, yep. So um, iPad Air, definitely, I mean, I, I... I love it. And as you saw, they kept the iPad 2 around and everyone was like, what the heck are they doing? Like, why would they keep the iPad 2 around? People buy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sure there's, there's there's applications. Apple is rocking, dude. Apple's rocking. Yeah. Uh, what else? So iPad Air's out. iPad mini Retina, I think, is coming, right? I think um, that's later. Yeah, soon this month. I, uh, November, I'm not sure. From what I understand, the, the real problem with that is the yields. Um you know, getting getting the parts for that device is just there's there's a shortage. The, there's low yields of the display because that's a really really crazy display to make. So, are there is there a high error rate in manufacturing? Well, I was reading an article. It's just I was slower reading, to make. No, I, basically, it was just saying that yeah, the the yield rates they're not getting good yields from them, and usually mm. what that means is you know Sharp is building Sharp. It says here is the ones building the displays, and it was just saying that. Um, they're just getting low yield rates, and that usually means that they're not able to produce. Because you know, there's like pixels out or things go wrong. Okay, right. Basically, there's a process. So I'm reading here. So Sharp's, Sharp Supply is based on an oxide TFT process, and it's getting low yield rates. And usually that process, they, they just can't make a ton of them. Mm-hmm. It was saying here, though, that LG uses a different process, ASI. And that accounts for 60% of the panels. Huh. And then Sharp accounts for 40%. So I think it's just going to be, it's going to be slow going and then boom, they'll just go crazy. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll be able to f- they'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. But lots of good stuff from Apple. Um, the whole free stuff with iWork and i iLife and stuff. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. And I think it definitely makes the platforms better. Yep. Unfortunately, it sends the wrong messages to consumers that software should be free. Yeah. Consumers realize that Apple's a special case though. Yeah, that's true. I was actually surprised we didn't get anyone comparing, well, Apple has done that, but it does add software as free if people don't think, well, Apple's getting the price subsidized in the price of the hardware. Right, sure. So, you know, it's I, I would like to personally see software prices going up. Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. No. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. But um, I would like to see them going up. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I would much rather sell an iPhone app at $30 and truly commit to two to three years of development or even five. Sure. Yeah. Than have to sell a new app every year for three bucks. Yeah. But I was saying in one of the interviews I did in this new app economy, it's disposable software. Mm -hmm. And if people say, well, this is BS. I spent three bucks. Why is it disposable? Well, then don't buy our app. Yes, yeah. that's our philosophy. And it's not disposable. Fantastical one, actually, this was something else I wanted to point out to you. It's still on the store if you bought it. If you delete it from a device, buy a new device, need to redownload it, we left it in the store. It's not available for sale, but it's available on the store. Okay. So if you still need it, go download it from the previous purchases. Cool. If, if there's a major bug in iOS 7, we'll push out another update and we'll, we'll let our users know. Mm-hmm. So we're still planning to support it for some time for bug fixes. Yeah. But the app is now done, and it's had about a year of updates. 
a lot of new features. And I would say for 2 to $5, depending on what you paid, it's a lot of functionality. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. And now if you pay another 3 bucks, you know, um, we had someone saying, oh, it's a su- subscription model. Really? Because subscription models shut down when you don't pay anymore. Right. You get to keep Our using first app, that. Yeah. Exactly. Our app continues to work. And you don't need to buy Fantastic L2. Fantastic L1 works on iOS 7. We did bug fixes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, user experience thing that you might like. I've never seen another app do this. I wish more would do it. I hope this inspires developers to do it. Fantastic L2 is a new app. You go and install it and you lose all your settings. Nah. Like when I installed TweetBot 3, I, it frustrated me because I, all my settings didn't transfer over. And then, you know, you got to do the back and forth to figure out what was set what which way. Yeah. We basically, with Fantastic L1, we save the settings into the keychain. You launch Fantastic L2. If it sees the keychain, it grabs the settings. Auto-configured. So how can one app get the keychain settings that another app set? Kent did that magic. You'd have to ask him. Yeah, I could, okay. I could, I could on the next episode. I'll see if I could do a follow. But basically, this is the version that I do understand. So you have a keychain, and it's a Flexibit shared keychain. Okay. And then in the Flexibit's keychain, we have access to it because we're a Flexibit's domain, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the information stored there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nice. Because you can share Keychain as a developer. Yeah, so, Mm -hmm. and to me, that's the ultimate user experience. And you know what? We were going to put it in the release notes and we said, you know, I'll talk about it in interviews. I'll talk about it like here or you, friends. But why why brag? Mm -hmm. The best user experience is a best user experience. So we we didn't get any complaints about, oh, I lost all my settings. We never got, actually, I think one person actually noticed and they were like, whoa, it just automatically got my settings. Mm -hmm. But that's cool user experience. Right, yeah. And I really do hope other developers do it. Because yeah, it's a great idea. It's really, it's really straightforward to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right, so back to Apple. So what do you, what do you like going on? Like what, uh, what, what out of the new stuff kind of piqued your interest? For me, the, uh, the, the Retina Mini is really the huge thing. Uh-huh, uh, I've uh-huh. been looking forward to that uh, huge, hugely. I, I want a lightweight thing. Uh, with a retina display, so I can finally actually uh, read in bed with my contacts out, yep. which I've just not been able to do very well with iPads. Yeah. Um, I love my Mini, though. I, I Like you were saying, I, I love it. And, you know, it's funny, when the weight on the Mini and the size went up a little bit for the retina, mm-hmm. then you start saying, oh, well, now the air and this and that. But I just don't need a big screen. I don't, I don't, I just don't need it. My eyes are so bad that the Mini actually makes better sense because the pixels will be smaller. With my That's contacts right. out, I still see the pixels on um, on the bigger sized Retina display. So That's right. the denser it is, the better for me by far. Because I'm only holding it about an inch and a half for my eyes. Oh, okay. So you keep it really close. I have to, my vision is so terrible that I that so with you're, my contacts you're nearsight- out, I have you're to. nearsighted, right? Yeah, incredibly nearsighted. Yeah. It's always funny. I remember I could never get the nearsighted, farsighted right, and I'm like, well, it is what it is. If you hold something close, you're nearsighted. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, but no, the iPad, the iPad Mini Retina is is what I want to get, and um, we'll probably get an Air just for testing. So one thing we did announce, we will be doing Fantastic Cal for iPad. Oh, cool. So I'll probably need to get one to mm-hmm. do some testing. Although you know, I think if you use a Mini, it just you know you can figure it out. But I think it's still probably a good idea to have the device in case there's bugs or whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we we're doing an iPad version that'll that actually will come pretty soon. So I don't want to set up ETAs, but. We were working on that for a while. Uh-huh. And then June hit and iOS 7 was announced. Ah, yeah. And I, you know how much I loved iOS 7. I'm like, oh my God, we're redoing Fantastical for iPhone. Let's rewrite it. Everything got derailed with iOS 7 Everything. for everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now the good news is though, a lot of the design on iPad was still kind of in a flat state. It wasn't in a, what do we do? Hmm. So 
right when we did iPhone design for iOS 7, we also did iPad at the same time. Oh, because smart. it was just like, well, just plug all this in and let's let's try to figure out the the, the, the language. Yep. So <clears throat> we're going to work on some updates for Fantastical 2. Obviously, we got to keep our users happy and fix bugs and yada, yada, yada. But we'll we'll get to iPad. We'll get to iPad pretty quickly. And I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be coming next month or in January. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But um, pretty soon. I mean, it's, it's, if it goes past June of next year, I hate giving like a, a milestone, but something's severely wrong. Hmm. And things go severely wrong. So you never sure, know. Sure. All the time. Yeah. Um, so what's going on with you? Any other any other news? Any stories? Anything with Vesper? Anything going on with your neck of the woods? Anything with code you want to talk about? Give our listeners a tip or trick? Any stories? Mm, no. <laughs> ah. I'm just working. I, you know, I don't have anything. All right, let's see. I'll go to your blog. I'll find something. All right. I'll give you something to talk about. Okay. All right, let's see here. Uh, okay, perfect. This is great. This is great. Debt stuff. Let's talk about debt stuff. The debt. The debt. Yeah. Now, okay, same with me. I've never learned a lot except the fact that it's, it basically just seems like a really large number. Sure, yeah. And once it, it ever is. goes to a deficit, it just turns into debt again. Right. Right. So the federal government runs a deficit normally, right? And um, in 2008, uh, it skyrocketed because of the, the terrible financial crisis and the fact that we you know, had the worst, worst economy since the Great Depression. And now... Yeah. And, the deficit for this year is, um, I think, supposed to be, will end up being about half of what the deficit for 2009 was, something like that. So deficits wow. are going down, you know, and um, that doesn't mean the debt is going down, but the debt is not going up nearly as fast as, as it was. Huh, and okay. So it's typical during, um, during some kind of recession uh, uh, to have deficits go up because possibly the government is doing tax cuts or spending in order to stimulate the economy, but also the government's bringing in less revenue because people are making less money, um, so there aren't, aren't as many, aren't, isn't as much uh, revenue from taxes. So yeah, so it makes sense that there you know be a huge deficit, and and the bigger the economic disaster, the bigger the deficit. You know everything else. Of being course, able. it's kind of relative. Right, but but the people who are scaring us that um, you know that deficits are rising every year and so on and so on. Are actually actually just completely flat out wrong. Uh, well, what have you learned about the specifics about why there's too much? You know, why is too much debt bad, and how much is too much? Yeah, I, I assume I, there's no real. I assume though there's no real answer to that. Right. Well, um, so the yeah, I'm still learning about that. It, the more the more yeah. debt you have, the harder it can be to borrow money. Um, so, right. You right. know, so you start having to cut back uh, severely, and that can seriously seriously hurt the economy. Um, yeah, it can seriously hurt people's lives, right? If you're cutting right, back and you're cutting back food stamps or something, which in fact we are doing, right? Uh, I well, think I mean, incorrectly, but uh, the current economy people, is crazy. If people you really can think about starve, it. you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you know, eventually, too much debt can just ruin ruin an, an economy. Um, but at the same time, the the right now, it could be argued that uh, the best thing for our economy right now is to invest. And to do that, we need to borrow money. So invest in future growth, things like whatever, research and infrastructure and so on. And the cost- Electric cars? Sure, yeah. The cost of borrowing money is, is super low right now. So if there's ever a good time to borrow money, it's actually right now. So if you buy the argument that investing in, in the economy is the way to grow it, then um, you wouldn't be worried about the fact that uh, 
that we've been running deficits. Yeah. Um, but if you're, you know, if you disagree with the idea of investment um, or investment by the government, then, then, um, then you would see even our current level of, of deficits as being way too high. Okay. Anyway. No, no, that's cool. Actually, you just, something you said to me for some reason triggered a story. Did you see that Apple story about totally different story, but about the Apple, Apple builds in, Apple builds in decline into their old devices when new devices are released, like triggered to go off. It's such bullshit. Oh, it's, it's, there goes the explicit tag. Oh, sorry. It's, it's, it was war- warranted, though. I mean, come on. Yeah, it was, but there goes the explicit tag. It's yeah. cool. It was, it's all good. It was warranted. It is bullshit. And the best part is they had her on, oh, was it, was it The Loop? Was it Jim Dalrymple that posted it? I think it was Jim. Hold on. I have to find this. So they, they, she was on a show. She was on a CNN show, and they called her out on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here, I'll, I'll give you the link, and then you could do it. And the CNN people like called her out like, come on. Don't you think you're making this up? And, don't, and she sort of was like... I mean, basically, you and I, if we go out and we're like, Apple sucks and we're loud enough, we'll get TV time. That's our 15 minutes of fame. Sure. If Apple truly built in obsolescence or something triggered to go off, someone would find it. Yep. So, dude, someone complained to us about putting an in-app ad taking over their Mac. I mean, obviously, it was right in their face. But Mm -hmm. how many people are out there looking for things? Especially with a big company like Apple. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. It's one of the nice things about how the world works and things like whistleblowers and other stuff is we got a lot of people that are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And Apple, I'm sorry. I've been working with Apple for 15 years. They're a good company. They're a good company. They have good, I'm just saying they have good values. When, when once, Brent, in all of the years that Apple's been in business, have they ever done something that was intentional to screw their customers? Yeah, I can't think of anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, literally, one of the things about them, I'm not saying, okay, Antenna Gate happened, and that wasn't even them trying to screw us. That was just, oh, this thing doesn't work, and they got caught, and then, you know, caught in terms of having a defect. Maybe they even knew about it or whatever. It doesn't matter. Whatever. That wasn't them, oh, we're going to try to screw everyone with a bad phone, right? Like, mm-hmm. Apple has never once that I can remember been the kind of company where people were like, oh, my God, how could they do that? Right. Yeah, wow. I, I can, wow, Apple, what balls, right? Yeah. I, when? Never, right? And how many years have they been in business for? Would they, 1976, right? Yep. Yeah, 37 years and not one incident I can ever remember even of a possible possible smoke for fire. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm going to go with 37 years of Apple having a company, being a company of integrity. And sorry, lady, devices over time get slower. Have you not seen computers for the last 30, 40 years? <laughs> technology improves, makes older devices feel slower, newer software runs slower on older devices that weren't designed for it. End of story. Yep. I think what made me think about that when we were talking about the economy stuff was how you were saying like um, something with the economy of like pointing fingers or something. Just, mm. I don't know. I got, it popped in my head and that's yeah, why I was like, right. I, gotta, I gotta bring this up because that fired me up. Yeah. <sighs> what are you gonna do? I just don't know. What are you? Going All right, to let's do? end on let's end on some good news. Um, it's got to be good news. Come on. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. The Red Sox won the World Series. Red Sox won the World Series. I won't say that's good news. I'm a Yankees fan. Hmm. I actually am not a fan of the Red Sox. Or the I Yankees, will say this: but, yeah. I'm a fan of baseball, and the way the Red Sox played this year, they won the World Series. Yeah, sure. 
That is what I will say. And, you know, sentimental favorite, you know, that they had the, the Boston Marathon thing happen. And then, you know, they, they come back and um, play awesome for their city and win at home. I mean, you know, that's it's a nice American story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's good news. The FAA uh, allows personal electronics um, on planes now. Finally. Finally. Actually, that's, I'm reading it on Daring Fireball. Finally. Mm, okay. And uh, basically, you know, it's kind of, uh, kind of restricted and stuff, but you'll basically be able to use ebooks, games, watch videos, and all that stuff during all fl- phases of flight with limited exceptions, very limited exceptions. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can't be something, and this I understand, it can't be a cell phone in, 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 in you know, cell phone mode on. It has to be an airplane mode. No. And um, you can't be talking or having any kind of distraction in terms of like a conversation, which I can understand. It's safety, right? If like, they ever allow talking, that's, that I swear, oh my I God. never fly ever again. Okay, hello. I love to talk. Everyone knows this about me. But dude, on a plane, shut up. Like, they, they talked about possibly making cell phones, you know, usable on a plane. No. No, I would pay a fee if there was a quiet section, like a soundproof booth on the plane. I'd pay double for a, the quiet plane. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I literally, when I'm on a plane, dude, I may like to chat and I may like to talk. I might, I'm, I want to relax. I'm on a plane, dude. I'm stuck somewhere. I want to process. I want to think. I want to possibly work or design or sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear someone talking about, Dude, I was at a, I was at a uh, Japanese restaurant, which is an amazing restaurant. If anyone lives in the Bay Area, it's it's it's, it's anyway, it's amazing. So um, there was a dude talking on his cell phone. He was he had, a, he had an earpiece on. He was talking on his cell phone. When I say he was talking on his cell phone, like a loud conversation to whoever was on the phone, and I so oh man, I was so close to sitting down and being like, yeah, this is such a great restaurant. Don't you like just screaming out loud, right? Because like, does he not know he's being loud? Yeah. Or was he just yeah, that wrapped up in the call? Yeah, uh, you know. Well, right, but that would be on an airplane if they allowed phone yeah, calls. Yeah, Jesus. Not good. They shouldn't even allow talking at all. <laughs> uh, uh, th- thank you for flying American Airlines. Before our flight, we'd like to lay down some rules, you know, no no phones and no talking. If anyone's caught talking, we will land this plane at the next city. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'd like that, right? I, I would. In fact, they, they should... Um, they should uh, pass out gags to everybody, you know. No, even better. They have parachutes, and if you're caught talking, they just push you out. Even better, they push you out without a parachute. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you really hate talking on planes. Oh, yeah, so much. I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I mean, like, again, coming from someone who likes to talk, I just, when I'm on an airplane, dude, I'm on an airplane, like, there's, if, you know, if someone's next to me, sometimes I've been on a plane where the guy next to me or the lady next to me will want to chat or whatever. Mm. I have no problem chatting, right? We're having a discussion. Mm-hmm. When you hear someone else's discussion loud, like on a cell phone, if it were, oh, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no. All right. Well, uh, we're out of time. Ah, crud. We are totally out of time. We're out of time. We want to thank our sponsors, Oxygen Rem Objects and... Hostgator. Yes. And uh, once again, uh, Oxygen, of course, is go to remobjects.com slash Oxygen and use ID13. And Hostgator is hostgator.com and use the code COUSINS. Cousins. And thanks a lot for supporting us, guys. Is that we all capital cousins? Greatly. Yeah, it's all caps. Okay. C O U S I N S. So it's like you're shouting, Cousins. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I think that's it from my end. I'm, uh, I'm going to get back to some support tickets and uh, fixing some stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and from your end? I do some programming. <laughs> write some, all right, write some damn good. code. Yep. Let's get productive, yo. I think it's a good idea. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We, as always, appreciate your support, kind words, comments. We got the glass board. We didn't even check it. Uh, let me just do it quick. I'm sure there's nothing going on. Let's look anyway, shall we? I'm logging in. It's assembling the board members. Hold on. I love that, assembling the board members, by the way. Yeah, it's cool. Um, nope, I already answered a question that was on the board. Someone wanted to know. Oh, actually, this is good. Can you can you push updates for apps that are not on sale? So I told you Fantastic Hell 1's off the store, right? So what you do is you go into the, there's a, there's a link that says availability for countries. Mm-hmm. You go in there and uncheck all the countries and then it's no longer for sale, but a user can still install it. Um, there was this, you remember that email from Apple where they talked about um, you could have previous versions of your app be installed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So that has to do with, let's say we had Fantastical 1 with the SKU of Fantastical 1 and Fantastical 2 was an update pushed on the same SKU. Mm-hmm. Then you can have them download previous versions. So when Fantastical 2 is iOS 7 only, they could get the 1.x with the same SKU. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, I don't even know if it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But short version is the person was saying, can you push updates for apps that are not available for sale? The answer is yes. You just set the app to not be available in any country. You submit a new update for that app. What happens is though the user has to delete and reinstall the app. It can't actually show up in updates. Okay. But what you can do is, like right now with Fantastical 2 being big, I would never make Fantastical 1 live again because it would just confuse people. Right. <clears throat> but let's say two months goes by and we go down into the normal rankings and um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen, but it happens. And then we have a bad bug fix. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably put Fantastical 1 live for maybe like a week. Hmm. And that way everyone still running it would see it show up in their updates. And I would pray that no one buys it and gets upset. Yeah, right. But, you know, it is probably a better service to everyone still running it to be able to see it in updates. Yeah. And by the way, for Fantastic L1, in case you're wondering, if you delete the app and have to reinstall an update for the next update, we would read your settings. Because as you know, when you delete an app, you lose your settings. Mm -hmm. So we even thought about that. If we have to push another update and you have to delete Fantastic L1 to get it, Fantastic L1, the next version, will read the prior settings. Nice. So, yep. Got to do it right, yo. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, well, now we're really out of time. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for joining me, Brent, as always. It was a pleasure. Yeah, and congrats again. Number one. So number awesome. one. Still, no, wait, still number Wait, let me check. Let me check. Still I better make sure. Still number one. Still number one. Cool. Time for the music. Thanks, Brent. Bye. Leave Adores a minuet, the ballet roots, and crepe Suzette. Our patty loves to rock and roll, a hot dog makes her lose control. What a wild duet, still their cousins, identical cousins, and you find. They laugh alike, they walk alike, at times they even talk alike. You can lose your mind when cousins.